Everyone has likely tried multiple diet styles around training. Today, we get the opportunity to chat with dietitian Harriet Walker and the 98 gym head trainers Chris Feather and Kevin Toonan about athletic eating. Look, there's thousands of different diets out there. There's experts, websites, ebooks. While most of them speak about weight loss, most diet plans don't deal with the true nature of athletic eating for the gym, give you more energy. Athletic eating is exactly what the body needs for performance inside and outside the gym. So listen up, because these two tell their story about how they push themselves, they push others, they talk about how good nutrition starting from the moment you can get up can lead to a better session tomorrow sleeping better having better workouts and in generally having a better mood all agree it all starts when you wake up let's listen welcome to the body science podcast bringing you everything you need want and should know about health fitness nutrition and training as always the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat prevent or manage any injury disease or other health related condition today's podcast is brought to you by 98 online that's 98gym.com unlock the state of the art coaching from australia's leading strength and conditioning coaches built for those who are hungry to take their fitness to the next level i use it personally with my team we love it get on board nine dollars a week best money you've ever spent Welcome to Body Science HQ, home of Fit, Happy and Healthy today, Harriet Walker, dietitian. With us today also is Chris and Kev from 98 Gym, one of the foundation gyms in Sydney leading the way when it comes to athletic performance. How are you, mate? Harriet? Hey, mate. How are you? Hey. Hey. And what we're going to talk about today with the boys is athletic eating. And because we like to stay in our own lane, we thought we'd bring Harriet along here. So we had the dietitian to back up Kev's carnivore quotes and come the whole time we're chatting today. Harriet, let's talk about, you, you train at 98. Yes. 98 Gym, sorry. So if you want to check out the guys at 98 Riley Street Gym, and that's with an ST, not street. And the guys have a new program, 98gym.com, which I believe will have a lot of athletic eating advice in there from Harriet? Absolutely, yeah. I've got some articles up there about the sort of key principles that I teach to my clients. Let's talk about that. I mean, let's just, Chris, do you want to run through a session? Like, what are we doing? What's happening to our bodies? How many calories are we burning? What, what are we doing? How long are we training before we talk about athletic eating? Because if you jump on Google now, it's pretty much about how do I lose 10 kilos in 10 days? The sessions are fairly, um, like, heavy on your body that we're doing at the minute. And it's a long, it's a six-day program. So we're six days on and a day off now. They vary in intensity and mm-hmm. sort of like, energy output and, and stuff like that but you need to be fueling correctly we have a lot of you know we, we'd spoke about it before but we have some people that have been athletes or you know retired athletes or whatever that are coming in or current athletes that they kind of know what they're doing a little bit and, and then we have some total beginners that have never even thought about it so somebody who coming in who's been a total beginner to going in from you know very little training to hitting six days a week there's a massive like sort of massive change that needs to take place diet wise like the amount of food they're eating the types of food they're eating the way they're covering and that's where Harriet's been sort of like a key point to this whole thing. Because Kev you'd be really big on fasted cardio early in the morning? Yeah yeah whatever else like in a juice diet is another big fan of mine as well. I think for the first four or five weeks when someone comes in and start training they see instant results and then something clicks and they're they're tired or their numbers go backwards and and the the general problem problem is is they think they need to go and train more and where we usually see the biggest issue is we ask them how they're sleeping and how they're eating and they're eating is always the worst thing we were saying it. Chris and I know full 
well that well, I use Harriet, Chris uses Harriet as well, so we all get taken care of via her eating plans, and that's when we see the biggest results. Because you can follow any training program, but if you're not sleeping well and not eating well, it doesn't really matter because you're not going to see the proper results. And I push every client of mine that I can towards Harriet, and, and all I kept seeing as a result. So, like a typical session, you know, strength-wise, we had her in for the seminar as well earlier this year, and I mean that was one of the most popular sessions we had. I mean, when you say the seminar, nine eight Jimmy guys do a lot of education. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And and we also know that we wouldn't speak about something that we're not 100% on, so that's why we bring outside or inside help with the, the Harriet. She's, she's part of the team. Again, like the eating part, there's so much crap out there. There is, yeah. <laughs> so, Harriet, what is athletic eating? Look, it's a bit of a paradigm shift to what we normally see in terms of nutrition. There is a lot of information out there, and I actually ask all of my clients when they first sort of see me is what is the thing that confuses you the most about nutrition and they'll come up with a lot of answers that are very specific I don't know how many grams of this or whether or not I should be having spirulina or whether or not I should be doing x y and z and they're very minute things that they're getting stuck on athletic eating is about eating for performance and not necessarily eating about for you know a specific goal on the scales or to to look a certain way in clothes a lot of the time when we're eating well and we're training well happy side effect is we look good too so kev what is performance like in the eyes of 98 gym i guess we're looking at numbers like we were looking at increasing your squat your deadlift your your wattage your power output uh, your aerobic capacity anaerobic ability those sort of things like we we want you faster stronger and we need those numbers so that's the only data we look at it is like the numbers on the screen or the weight on the bar that's what we're looking at so harriet from a athletic eating and like looking at it as a 98 nutrition system what are you telling people it's looking at where they're training is currently at so if they've recently joined up to 98 gym a lot of the time it is re-educating them on how to fuel their body properly I think there's a lot of diets out there that people are you know jumping between in order to you know get the goal that they've set in the in their head that oh, I want to be x kilos I want to be I want to be this size in clothing or I want to look like that person on Instagram it's really getting them to look sort of a little bit more internally about what they are currently doing how they're fueling their sessions how they feel during their sessions and that's a really big one people will notice straight away nutrition generally has a bit of a lag in feedback you know you start a nutrition program or you've changed your diet and there's a bit of a lag of four weeks before you actually start seeing any difference it doesn't Um, happen straight away madness i know unless you do a seven day fast on juicing (laughs) then you see it straight away you can't get out of bed the next day that's (laughs) That's the biggest thing you see the biggest thing that you can see when you're fueling your body properly is your outputs increase so you can go faster you can go harder and people are like oh my god i didn't realize i didn't have to feel like junk I explain it to people, I'm like, you're supposed to feel absolutely shagged after a session, that's standard, but you shouldn't be like flagging halfway. That tells me that you probably haven't fueled properly. Like you want to be able to go hard and yes, it, it is hard, but you don't feel that fatigue of under under fueling. And in a culture where we're all taught to eat less, telling people to eat a little bit more and not go into a session fasted, especially if, like a lot of chicks, I see that they're going in to burn calories. And if there's one thing I know that 98 Raleigh Street isn't about, 
about is burning calories. We're not there to burn calories, we're there to perform. The biggest paradigm shift is going into that session fueled. Like you can go to yoga and be unfueled, and that's cool with me. You can go for a walk and not fuel properly, that's no worries. But if you're going into an FYF session and you haven't had some food to have, you know, to fuel that session, you're shooting yourself in the foot well, straight on, away. Tell us, what is some of that food? Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong too, is that what people don't understand if, like, let's say they want to get fitter, get faster, they want to lose weight. But if you go in with nothing in your system, it's really hard to give 100%. So therefore, you're training at 70% and therefore you're only going to be able to deliver part of what you're capable of. Especially day six. Yeah, and the results <laughs> are never going to be where they should be because, not because you're not trying hard, you're probably mentally trying really hard. Physically, you can't back it up because you haven't fueled your body correctly. Mm, and a lot of people yeah. don't actually know what it feels like to be properly fueled because a lot of these women and men have been dieting for a number of years. So they've been underfueled for such a long time. You know what? It's probably appropriate if you're sitting behind a desk to be eating as little as they have been. But it's a big head screw to be told that actually you're not eating enough to meet your needs. And when you look at the energy systems that are involved with the training that Kev and Chris have put together, it's highly glycolytic. There's a lot of glucose involved and it's not long steady state stuff. It's explosive movements and it's dynamic, you know, um, heavy lifting. And you've got to fuel for the work at hand. And a lot of that time, it just means extra energy, carbohydrates are required, protein for recovery. And then, you know, across the whole day, we're looking at the quality of the food that is being consumed. So even getting people to eat a piece of fruit, and there's a lot of people who are quite fruit phobic from years of being told that, you know, fructose is bad for you. They've heard information from an American podcast about fructose when that's like referring to high fructose corn syrup, which is rife in the American diet. But in Australia completely different food system we've got here people are getting so confused because of all the different inputs they're getting from everywhere they've cobbled together their own approach and what they get is a lot of negative feedback from their diet they're not feeling great they're not recovering well and you can get away with that stuff if you're not training hard and you can get away with a crappy diet if you're you know just going to you know the globo gym down the road but when you're actually training for performance and your goal goes from burning calories to wanting to put an extra 20 30 40 kilos on your deadlift you got to spend a little bit more time looking at that aspect of it and getting that recovery down pat and getting that fueling done properly and i think it's a really positive shift for people because people stop feeling guilty about what they're eating and they stop looking at food in terms of calories and they start looking at food in terms of okay what's going to be good for my performance and that's just a little bit more of a positive spin on nutrition to what we're normally sold which is you know deprivation and being skinny and being you know know that sort of look yeah i think as well chatting to people you know you spend a lot of time with a lot of the members at our gym and chatting to people over just doing general like say city to surfing sydney's just gone mm -hmm. and you'll you know it's a really good example a lot of people do it it's a good sort of reference point and you'll we'll be talking about this athletic eating and eating for performance and i'll you know be like oh did you did you eat this morning before the iwt session oh no i didn't have time like all right you know fine so you're doing city to surf on sunday are you same you know you're kicking over at the same time we, oh no i'm definitely gonna eat yeah i need to carb up it's like right so <laughs> what's difference what's the difference you know like they, they see the city to surf as they want to perform they need to see training as they want to perform so they fuel accordingly i think trying to link you know like put those two things together instead of using you know, like that mindset of training to burn calories or i hate this phrase like a sweat sesh yep. not about that you know the big issue is too is that everyone's an expert now you only have to have your own youtube channel instagram page and take a selfie and then therefore people will 
automatically give you this idea of like an expert whereas we've gone away from actually looking at someone who's spent the time has educated themselves and the best thing about like Harriet is I, I know she trains like I've seen nutritionists and I think to myself well they should probably follow some of their own advice it's like going to a doctor that smokes with Harriet she lifts well she's done you know she's gone on stage she's done long distance rowing she's doing strong woman stuff so for me it's an automatic like I, I know that like whatever she's saying is she practices and she you know she does herself which is great in terms of the biggest shift for me is watching my clients go to her and then come back every three months with their DEXA scans look at Marsha drops seven kilos in a matter of months uh, and we tested her the other day and she upped her deadlift by I think two kilos which she was really bummed on but then I, you know we had to also autocorrect her in terms of, well, she's now seven kilos lighter than where she was three months ago. So she's doing a whole lot more with a whole lot less. Yeah, and that's a, that's a long-term plan. Like yeah. we, with Marsha, we started and we got a certain way down the track really well. And then we looked at her body composition and saw, okay, we're seeing a little bit of a loss of lean muscle mass. We want to try and halt that and increase, you know, the more positive side of weight loss because, you know, you do get muscle loss with weight loss. But once we did the initial work, we were actually able to work backwards from there and she was committed to the outcome and came back and said okay what do we do now and so we made some changes we increased her calories and now we're back on the up so we're increasing her lean muscle mass and it's a dedication to a long-term approach and that's what you can get out of working with somebody on your nutrition one-on-one it's you're not necessarily looking at what didn't work the first time you know you start somewhere and you're always fine-tuning it's like business you know you've got to change tax if something's not quite working you review what you're doing and you make adjustments so the reason I think because I ask all my clients this what confuses you the most about nutrition the most confusing thing is they're not looking at it in context of their own lives they're not looking at what works with them because I always say it everything works but we need to find the formula that works for you so you know my job is to know their lifestyle know their ins and outs and actually help them find the specific tool so for some person it might be a bit of keto for some person it might be you know helping them optimize their vegan diet for some people it might be increasing their carbohydrate intake after bodybuilding where they became a little bit carb phobic so it's having that view that sort of second set of eyes looking over your diet and actually telling you I can tell you why this isn't working for you because of x y and z I don't think we can be as objective as a third you know a third party can be especially when it comes to nutrition you can follow a bit of this diet and a bit of that diet and what you come out with is a bit of nothing because you haven't followed anything and that's the same with training you could be doing a little bit of German volume training and a little bit of so you low... make the best program absolutely <laughs> mix it in like you got to follow one thing and tailoring is what is the key to that like what actually what does your lifestyle look like if you're a shift worker there's no point in you following the diet that your mate who just lost 40 kilos on we followed. look at someone you know let's look at look, looks at Chris yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, I, which I find interesting because people would assume a lot of the time that like he, he would eat like some sort of you know I don't know I don't know how they would think he eats to be honest clean Clean is that a word? We use? All the time, he washes clean. his food. That, that's that clean eating. Yeah, the Mars bar is clean if you wash it too. I believe. Mm, someone, absolutely. Yeah. I've so, got a question for you guys. Morning session, nine out Riley. What are you having before you go in? What are you having? And Kev, what are you having? Well, I've got a an eating plan from Harriet. So I have a, a smoothie when I get up in the morning. Yep. Which when we look, look at how many calories I need to ta- have, I think it's sitting around eight hundred calories or something. I have Delicious. in the morning. Yeah. In the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got some whey protein, WPI. WPI? Yeah. Yeah. And then I put in some peanut butter, I put some banana, I put some oats, and I put some... Uh, kefir. 
that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yogurt. Yogurt, basically. Mix it in and I drink it before I leave the house. How long before? Well, it depends on my sleep. If I get up at four, probably 4.05. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, and I walk I walk in straight to either take a class or, or to take a client. So, But before that, I was asking as to why I wasn't getting any stronger is because I was eating at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night and then not eating breakfast till 10 o'clock the next day. Yeah. And I was fasted mm-hmm. and therefore weak and feeble. But mm. on trend, mate. And I what about you, Chris? What, how, how do you eat before you hit the gym? Yeah, before and I was like, exactly like Kev. Like I'd eat dinner normally at 7 and then have a coffee at 4.30 when I get up and maybe a coffee at 6 and then maybe something to eat around 9 or 10 when the gym quietens down a little bit. And then I've been on the overnight oats. It's been a revelation in my life <laughs> because I just get home at night and put like oats and blueberries and flaxseed and again a scoop of WPI and some almond milk and then just leave it in the fridge yeah. uh, make it for me and my wife and then in the morning just start, I smash that first thing when I get up and then finding like I will find it I, I mean, when I spoke to Harriet like I'm a big fan of training like I love it it's been a bit different like sort of changing the gym around and having a baby and everything else but I used to get to 10 o'clock and be like ready to train and then for the last I don't know th- few months I was just worn out when it got to 10 o'clock I wanted to have a sleep and so Harriet's like, like what are you eating anyway since sort of getting on that first thing in the morning and uh, you know by 10 I'm ready to go which is good it's been it's been a massive difference but it's, it's finding solutions for the individual like you've got two very different sort of backgrounds and lifestyles yep. and life stages you know Chris has just they've just redone the gym and had a baby and the, you know there's it's completely different so it's applying different approaches and problem solving because you're not going to get a one size fits all what are you eating before morning Bef- sessions before morning sessions well it depends like when I was rowing I'd do an hour and a half right and I couldn't get into the gym I couldn't get onto the water without having something because it's an hour and a half yeah. and it was like hardcore so I'd be getting up a little bit earlier and having oats and yogurt before I got in and then now these days if I do a morning session I'm just having like a piece of fruit and a, a latte so a bit of caffeine bit of bit of protein and some carbs and that sits well with me I know that my stomach's gonna tolerate that that's what works for me but it's you know that you get different all sorts of people so there are solutions for every one of those people i think that's been one of the major like things for me with harriet and like like kev was saying because she's done all these different sports she know she knows about it it's like the same exactly the same way i take the trainers on at the gym like there's so many people have read so much about how you might feel being an athlete or how you might feel in this situation but the people who have actually been in those situations and educate themselves on them uh, are better and so like with harriet it's uh, it's exactly the same you can't know what it feels like to be completely zonked out like doing a seven day rowing race I only know how crappy endurance sports feel like because I've gone and I've done it and I've put myself in the situation where I felt it I only know what it feels like to be completely depleted from a bodybuilding competition and the psychology behind that because I've, I've done it and the same with strongman like walking into a strongman competition and what it feels like after the third event when you've fried your central nervous system after three big lifts and you've got two more to go it's practice like you can only figure that and for me I'm, I learn by doing and I'm probably I've never been the best like student academically but I find the interest in the subject after I've done it and I'll go back and go oh okay that's how that works and that's why I was feeling that way and this is how we sort of need to do it so doing an FYF session I probably know what it feels like to have done it under fueled and I know what it feels like to do it, done it really well fueled and it feels very different. What type of performance changes can we see over like a six day you guys do six on one off yeah. so day six for someone who's not correctly fueled versus someone who is? In terms of 
in terms of the body inside, we can't see it, but we can see it when they do it wrong. And it's the easiest thing to see after a while when someone comes in and you can see them, their numbers get worse and worse and worse if they don't fuel well. But consistent eaters and consistent people that fuel well, you can just see them the entire week. Things are going to drop off towards the end of the week because of the way we program, because I want a lot of work done in the first three days yep. and it gets a little bit easier. But numbers Until Friday. Can, yeah, well, yeah, again, but that's a mental thing as well you can do anything if you really want to yeah numbers wise it'll it'll drop off in week in week out maybe and this is the funny thing is that you don't know how deep you are and people can be on this incline of like steep incline of like under eating underperforming but won't know it until they hit some sort of massive problem you know Mm. and it comes in the form of like a whole bunch of different things i guess mm. but that they won't notice it until their sleep's disrupted or their their mood someone says something to like hey you know i don't know what's wrong with you but you, you're not focused at work a lot of these guys and girls that we have in the gym don't like have a you know have fairly decent type of uh, workload and jobs as well they may not notice it directly in the gym because they're not you know maybe they're in this early stages where everything we do works when they get into work and they're falling asleep at their desk like you know, Chris was saying that's when you start to notice it and they'll come in there and ask questions like hey I might just cycle back what I do this week because I was so tired you're like oh what do you eat beforehand I don't well when do you eat at work oh, about nine or when do you eat night before seven so you're like right so that's like 13 14 hours of no fueling after a hard session and you think that something great's going to happen because of that and then until you they say it out loud they're like oh right that makes mm. pure sense and these are high performing people in their work and yeah that's right yeah even if you're not training fueling your body properly from a corporate perspective you get high performance outputs you know cognitively when you're eating properly so i mean you couple that with good training i don't understand when people are sort of doing these high powered jobs how they actually get through the week like obviously there's there's the time factor is a really mm. big one with that one but working with somebody to actually objectively look at when they've got gaps that they can fill in with nutrition because you've got some blokes that you know train at Riley Street who aren't just doing Riley Street they might also be doing some training outside or they might be doing tennis or something like that and it's just telling them on the days when you do double sessions you need to be eating more food because you know they're sort of stuck in that calorie burning thing they're trying to lose weight and they're not really understanding that the reason why their muscle mass is going down on their DEXA scan because they're since they've first got their newbie gains and then they kind of drop off a little bit is because they're under fueling you know you need that that energy to support the progress i think too like you know people are scared of eating more they don't and they don't get that you know if you say on heavy training days i've got to eat three to three and a half thousand calories okay it's a lot of work you've actually got to like Mm. you've got to pre-plan that if you don't pre-plan it you're under eat or you get to the end of the day and you'll make porous food choices to get where you need to go and then it's just this like slippery slope Mm. and then we see a reduction in immune function from under eating and overtraining, and then we see people out of the gym for a week because they is that one down. of the first indicators you guys see for new people in the gym is the immune system? Oh, we just we tend to see a someone with a real lack of performance and, and they're, they're pretty open with like because they want to know why and how it's the first thing they ask because I know that if they do if they're not doing extra stuff outside they'll ask about sleep and I ask about food and if the food a couple of questions I ask about food if that's not you know like hey do you eat before training no I'm like I will try this if they have anything greater than like I'm not sure what I do here I'm just like go see Harriet so Harriet why would my sleep be affected if I don't eat a meal before I train in the morning well I mean there's a, there's a few different factors to poor sleep obviously there's this life 
life stressor factor there. So when we've got that sort of monkey brain, I see in a lot of people they can't wind down at night time and that's one aspect of it. But we also see a carry-on effect from a nutrition perspective. It's a bit of an ugly cycle when you're not sleeping well. It impacts your food choices the next day. We see people choosing those higher sugar, higher carbohydrate, more processed choices, which you know, it's because physiologically they're looking for fast fuel. You know, I also see quite commonly people who've potentially been doing a lower carb diet. They might have tried paleo for a little while and they've got, you know, 12 months down the track, really great results, super duper lean, hunky-dory. But what we also see is the impact that a low carbohydrate diet can have on some people in their sleep. We see an increase in sort of cortisol levels as a result of a lower carb diet and coupled with a higher intensity training schedule and they're not sleeping as well. So they're losing losing out it's a cycle and you pop some carbohydrates at night time for some of these people and it works a treat because they're you know hormonally that increases the uh, you know there's a flow on effect with serotonin melatonin that hormone milieu which leads to better sleep Mm -hmm. as a result of a slightly higher carbohydrate intake and and for blokes as well there's that testosterone factor when they're under eating it does you know flow on effect to testosterone levels they've got low mood low libido low training outputs they're just burnt out because they're probably high stress job kids family training and trying to figure out how to feed themselves properly put that with you know five hours sleep and ask them 12 months later how they feel you know go get your your hormones tested because chances are you'll you know testosterone's on the floor and we need to just be gradually building up your calorie intake so if i'm not sure where i'm at like i've like you just said to explain mm. what type of test should i be asking for i would encourage most of my clients if they haven't been to the doctor in the last 12 months to go get a general blood test so yep. that will be vitamin d iron hormone profiles thyroid function all of those ones and they look chances are they'll probably come back that they will be within normal range but at least we know that we can wipe that off the slate i will also commonly get people to track their intake for at least three days so i can see okay because people tell me oh i ate this i eat really well i have x y and z and they might be eating good foods but they might not be eating the volume that they need to or conversely they're like oh why am i losing weight i'm doing all this training and they're actually boozing on the weekend and they don't actually realize that a case of beer actually contains three days worth of calories shit I know. It's Even though you drink it. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Right. Really? Liquid like, calories count. Write, write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> write that down. That's the first page. Don't drink a carton. But it's important to understand that people's nutrition intake is very individual. Just because you think you're doing something correctly doesn't mean you actually are. So the numbers, same with numbers on a screen of a an erg or a ski erg or whatever the numbers when it comes into crunching through a nutrition software i can see that okay you might be eating well but we need to bump up your calories or we need to bump up your protein intake or we need to bump up your carbohydrate intake and you've got that objective feedback from them you know what i i mean i, I continually see for us is is the under eating is that females and males tend to under eat and they don't even know they're doing it so their idea of what is actually a meal you know and, and i've handed Harriet, so many clients, and then when they've come back out of a meeting with her, just like finally some of them the light bulb switches on and stays on others it flickers and then it switches off but they all come out you know and they sort of peek behind the curtain of what what is real what's not and they once she educates them and that's the that's the best part i mean i've even know of one client that she told to go away fix your sleep before i can even work with you because that's your big problem which is nice nathan come back in yet (laughs) (laughs) 
he was outside making faces <laughs> on me just before too, actually. They don't even know what a portion looks like. And also, you're looking, you know, lifestyle. They don't understand, like, if long as I have one of those, like, what are those bowls that everyone has now? Acai bowls. Acai bowls, I don't even know what to say. So I've had one of those after a big night, you know, on doing whatever I do on a big night. That's That doesn't just cleanse it all away. No, that's a, that's a green juice. That's a green juice. Green right. juice. You're getting you do a week of green juices that does cleanse away all the bad cleanses away the... Ten years of... Yeah. And, and look, Sydney as a city yeah. is rife with fat diets. I think it's a suburb we need to worry about. It's actually quite alarming and it's no wonder people Your are beard would go right in that suburb too, wouldn't it, mate? I had a beard way before the hipsters took it. All right? <laughs> Where's your top knot, mate? Yeah, I have no hair up the top, all right? Oh, sorry, that was rude. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm bald from my vegan diet. So, so we can move on from the pre-training performance plate. Do you just want to summarise what we need to look at from a plate planning perspective? When I'm looking at the person who's sitting in front of me, I, I want to know where they're at right now and there's a few key things that I want people to be able to do before I can move them on to something a little bit more tricky because most people can't move past you know the basics until they've got the basics down pat so I'm looking at are they consuming a good quality source of protein at every meal so at breakfast it might be a scoop of whey protein or it might be some Greek yogurt or it might be some eggs and bacon depending so you can fit this into any dietary template if you come to me and you're keto if you come to me and you're paleo if you come to me and you're vegan if you come to me and you're Mediterranean the principles still apply we're just finding the, the various sources of that macronutrient or that you know concept to suit your specific needs so I really don't care how you want to eat we can make it better so but I need to have some protein and some carbs on my plate pre-athletic just to start off with so I just want people to get the basics right so that might not be what they stick with forever but I need them to get consistent first fats, so fats absolutely I mean obviously Kevin and his diet yep carnival mm. what about post training post training so that's a that's a time when we really want to take advantage of the stimulus that has just taken place. And is our plate more important at this time? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely is more important. It, depending on the body composition goal, it becomes more important. That met- We're talking athletic eating, so... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I'm somebody who's trying to cut a little bit of body fat and I'm re- I've reduced my calories, after all this talk of increasing calories, but if I've reduced my calories, nutrient timing becomes a lot more important. I want to be making sure that I've got a good quality source of quickly digested protein because digestion is impaired post-training blood is in the muscles that have just been worked and away from the gut which is where our digestion happens easily digested source of protein is super important so like that's when i would use a whey protein if somebody can tolerate that or i might use food so yogurt or egg whites or something like that would be a useful source of protein and then backing it up with carbohydrates to replenish the glycogen that's just been depleted and also to kickstart the the energy required to upgrade the machinery so we've just done some training we've stressed out that body that positive stressor has happened we've got a stimulus there and we want to make sure that the body has enough building blocks to be able to make the most of that training stimulus so that next time we come back we're replenished and we've got you know all the bits in place so what's our window here i've just finished a massive session i've got off the floor off your sweat angel yes we love the sweat angel (laughs) so what's the go how long have i got is it still an anabolic window what what have we got happening these days the anabolic window is 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 old school i think as to a point it still it still exists like Mm-hmm. There is the hours after training where we have increased insulin there, ready to shuttle into our cells. We've got the need for glycogen replenishment. And so, look, in the, when it was in the first hour, I'd say, like, it's not a matter of if you don't get to the shaker. Minutes. Within 15 minutes, you, like, you've lost your gains, bro. Like, that's not really the case. <laughs> 
the window has shut on your fingers. No, what we're looking for is within an hour, it would be nice to have a meal that would be aimed at recovery. So again, easily. And what's a meal aimed at recovery? Let's give us a plate. That's when I would probably look at some, you know, faster absorbing carbohydrates. So we're looking at like maybe even recovery carbohydrates are going to look like a higher GI potentially. So we're making sure that again, our body doesn't have to work too hard to break them down. So things like fruit, portable, you know, we're in a gym, we've got our bag down there. We don't necessarily have time to go elsewhere before we have to run off to work or whatever. So I want to make sure that's a portable source of carbohydrates and things like your overnight oats or piece of fruit and a protein shake uh, are pretty easy, uh, easy sources. Or, you know, at lunchtime, you might have some rice cakes with honey on it or something like that. Like, and it personal preference. I will work with people to find if I, if they have a treat that they like to have, that's a little bit more sugary. I'm sticking that after their training sessions. So they feel like they're having something that's enjoyable as well. So it doesn't all have to be, you know, for good health all the time. Most of the time it should be, but post-training is when we can probably enjoy something a little bit sweet. Fast carbs, good protein sources, anything else? No, I think that's probably the, the, the two key ones. I mean, there's a school of thought uh, looking at like, you know, antioxidants and all that kind of jazz. And definitely I think across the day, if we're having that colourful food in our diet, we are introducing all those antioxidants because we've just done a stressful bout of exercise. Obviously our body's in a, a state of stress and, you know, people are going to look to blunt that. But obviously from a adaptation perspective, that increased stress um, will be met and it's supposed to be there. We're not trying to blunt stress response all the time. We do want to keep that stimulus there so our body can upregulate all the tools required to adapt to the stressor rather than trying to blunt the impact of that. So I think in terms of optimising nutrition, we are looking at carbohydrates for replenishment and muscle recovery with the protein. But other than that, no, I think that the most many people have the capacity to plan for anyways. And have you got any numbers we can look at like grams per kilo? So, I mean, with carbohydrates, depending on the person and where they're at, I would ideally be getting them to have like almost a gram of carbohydrate per kilo of body weight. And then pancakes. Pancakes. Boom. That's where your head went straight away. Straight away. away. <laughs> so one gram per kilo of body weight of carbohydrates. Obviously, for somebody who hasn't been eating that well and that much, we would be working up to that number. It could be quite confronting. What do you mean by that? Well, it could be quite it's confronting. It's pretty easy to eat that, I think. Well, for, for some people, <laughs> yes. But for other people, if I told them to eat 60 grams of carbohydrates psychologically, they're going to freak out because they might have been dieting for a very long period of time. And the idea of 60 grams of carbs, that could have been the most that they've ever eaten in a day. I guess because a bowl of oats is what? Uh, 20, 30, depending on the size, yeah. like 30 grams of carbs in a sort of maybe sort of a serve of oats. But And then with protein, we're looking at a 30 to 40 gram bolus of protein because we know you know pulsing protein throughout the day is the ideal way to keep that positive muscle protein. Do you want to explain what you mean by pulsing protein? So basically making sure that we're having regular doses of protein. We don't want to back end our protein towards the back of the day because our body isn't just recovering in the hour after training. It is a 24 hour cycle of recovery and whatnot. So we want to make sure that we are in net protein like positive protein balance. So by doing that we're making... And how does an average pun who's training at 98 gym know that Look, without if, obviously going to see you like how, how do we know that if, if you're eating a 20 gram serve of protein and that's 20 grams total protein that's yep. not if I had 100 grams of chicken breast I'm going to get 20 grams yep. of protein or I could take a red hot guess that if I'm having a good chunk of protein at breakfast at lunch at dinner and in my snacks I'm going to be meeting that protein need without trying too hard and that's the basic standard if you want to get a little bit more techie I want you to have 
tracked your calories and have a better understanding of what you habitually taking in before you try and get too much more technical than that. Well, you know, this goes against a lot of the trends you see happening in the fitness industry at the moment. You've just told us to eat five times a day with snacks, obviously, you know, with intermittent fasting, fasted keto, whatever you want to talk about. How does someone eating for athletic performance need to think when it comes to the overall plan of a day? I think the, the key to sort of athletic performance is being able to back up. I think a lot of people will do a diet for two weeks and they'll feel like absolute crap and not be able to back up and they'll fall off the bandwagon, mm-hmm. you know, the old you know bandwagon. If I'm training at 98 Gym, am I doing two sessions a day or one? One. One session a day, yeah. mainly morning or night? It D- doesn't matter. But doesn't yeah, matter, like, but you're yeah. doing one session. So if I'm going to plan my eating around that, I'm going to eat before I go. I'm going to eat within an hour when I finished. Then I'm going to have breakfast or is that my first meal? That could potentially the be first breakfast. meal. So breakfast is one of those meals. Recovery. Yep. Okay. I'm going to have a mid-morning snack. Yep. That's protein rich. Yep. Backing off on the simple carbs a little bit. Yep. Absolutely. Into a lunch that's got a perfect plate, which you'll explain in a second what a perfect plate looks like. Into another snack that is more protein driven and a little less carbohydrate driven. Into a dinner that's got everything I need. Everything you need. Yeah, absolutely. So So what we're looking at... As an individual. As an individual. So like I said, we can make your dietary habits fit a lot of different dietary yeah. templates. Yep. I think that, that that's like the perfect day. Chris and I will get three chances and one of them will be liquid. Yep. You know, again, that, that sounds perfect to Hence me. why we're mates. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's why I'm here. Don't stop making protein <laughs> Greg, it's all over. <laughs> I well, think, yeah. like with Harriet's stuff, like the athletic eating and, and all that, it's short like she keeps saying, she can make it work for you. So for me, for example, like I look at these people on Instagram that have 20 boxes of food that they've prepped all afternoon on Sunday mm. so that they can eat the perfect whatever you know like I have a one year old daughter there's no way in this world I'm going to spend four hours prepping yep. prepping boiled chicken and asparagus so that we, we live in Sydney so I've said to Harriet look I'm I'm generally I'm, I'm at work the majority of my day from 4.30am until <clears throat> usually about 6, 6.30 I'll have I own, the only meal I eat at home is dinner mm-hmm. and when I get home I want to make dinner quickly so sh- this overnight oats thing t- literally takes five minutes that's the that's the height of my prep. Yeah. If I have any leftovers from dinner the night before, I'll take it. But I know where I need to fit that stuff in. I'll say to a look at 10 o'clock or at 9 o'clock, I generally have an half an hour break. I can get to this cafe. This is what it sells. She's like, sweet, hit this, this and this. There's three options of different, like, throughout the day. I said, we work next to a Woolworths. All right, well, you can get yourself a boiled chicken or a can of tuna and this and a, some brown, one of those little tubs of brown rice that take 30 seconds in the microwave. Yeah. I, I feel like it's just doable. I said, like with the training we spoke about before, it needs to be doable. It needs to be like as much as everyone's like, you know, convenience, this and that. It does need to be convenient because if you're not, you don't have that many hours in a day to go and disappear off, you know, or the inclination for me anyway, to be prepping for four hours a week when, you know, like I'm, I don't have that much time at home as it is. I want to spend it with my daughter and my wife. I think it's doable and she'll fit that around whatever you need to be around and if it's like you're going to do the 5am session but then you have to shoot off and be at work at 6 then make sure you have a piece of fruit and a protein shake in your bag like take an RTD if you don't have time to make a protein shake buy an RTD you know like, it's that's not right, it's yeah. not hard what's it, I used to do that's what I used to do is, is two shots of coffee into some, some protein and that's what I used to start with still to this day that's what I do and starting where you're at is really important because I mean yeah. people are thinking oh if I'm not doing this you know perfect meal prep that we see on Instagram 
part of your plan, your yeah. success plan might be pulling up somewhere and ordering your food online. People will think, oh, it's a failure. Like, you know, I'm not making my own food. I'm like, mate, that is all you have the capacity to do. That is not a failure. That's actually a big fat win. There's also like these places that are out there now, like it's, it's good stuff. Like some of their stuff that they make Absolutely. Yeah, is, is, is good. There is perfect. And then there is what you can actually achieve realistically. And realistic doesn't have to be a cop out. Realistically can be I'm equipping, equipping you with the knowledge of if you have walked out of the house with no food, what do you have in your environment that you can make a healthy meal out of? And that is me preparing you for success and not for failure. Because if I don't give you those options and you've told me that you generally speaking don't get out of the office at lunchtime, then that's my failure as, you know, not acknowledging the fact that you've got other stuff on your plate that's not food. This And this is the coolest thing probably wrote, like all my clients have said is that once they've worked with Harriet, the hardest thing they find is that they, they know everything now. So there's no hiding from the fact that of like, oh, I didn't know or I wasn't sure or whatever it is. They've seen it work. They know what they should be doing. And if they don't do it, it's on them. And I think it's like that for a lot of people. We can use excuses for so long, but the information is there. You need to go to a reputable source and that's why we use her because we know it works and she's like she tells the truth. There's effort involved as well. If anyone says they can't, well, we make it work somehow. There's people out there with jobs way harder than ours and they make it work as well. Well, it's like the training stuff, yeah. I think. It's there's certain pillars of like nutrition, just like training, that have never changed. And I think using the word that you use is like trends. Yeah, yeah there's trends and fads and this day and that day that people will flip between just like there is training, like different yeah. kinds of this is a new training method and this is one and this is a really cool exercise. And like you can flip between them all and try something different every month and then you've got a different excuse of oh, at least I'm trying or, or you can just do what's what worked for like years and years and years which takes a bit of work you know like yes you do have to sort of think about what you're eating and no you can't eat takeaway burgers every night which you know I'd love to but and same with the training you, yeah you can you know you go and do your seven day free trial here and your free trial there and you jump on this 30 minute online thing it's not again it's like it's been around for a long time it's just ed- educating and I think that's what happens with the clients at the gym. Yeah. Like they, they do, it's exactly the same as a trainer, as a diet. It's like, all right, well, yeah, this this works. And Harriet fully explains why it works and fully explains how you can make it suit your lifestyle. And then you see the result. So why would you change? It's like, I guess it, it's like with all all the you know, all the products here as well. Lots of people wouldn't know where to, where to put them, how to put them. Yep. You know, and that's why it's it's great because she would ask me like, what do you have? Well, this is what I have in my locker. Like, okay, you should have that then this year and this. Is what works and this is where this works and this is how it works it's like we started taking that that clinical and the uh, trainer bowl again because when we're on it it really worked and the only time you really notice things not working the same with nutrition is that when you when you take it away when you're on you're taking clinical or, you, or you're eating well whatever it is like you're unsure and then you take it away from you like sleep and you know everything else and you suddenly realize like shit okay that actually worked really well because now I, and I know how bad i used to feel you know you know when you're eating well and everyone does too but i think people also die Diet and eat for a like a short-term goal. At the gym, going to Greece or Mykonos seems to be a big deal. And people are like, oh, I've got to get my summer body on. I'm going to here for, for one week and then I'm going to blow out where I'm there. Whereas if they just ate really, really good for the entire time. You wouldn't have to diet for a holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like being constantly prepared at tra- like yeah, same training. You, you don't up. need to go through give some me, crazy give training phase. What's yeah, on yeah. the table today? I can, yeah. I can probably give it a go. Absolutely. I think eating for performance is about being able to be fueled to go whenever 
are and fueling your body in a way that feels good for you because we've discussed this in the the fasting and the vegan sort of podcast that sometimes they fit with people and that's okay like if that's a, a dietary pattern that fits with you and you feel good doing it there should be a certain amount of work to it but it shouldn't feel like suffering the whole time and when eating feels like suffering it's not a sustainable measure and I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, finding, a, you know, an eight-week challenge and learning some things from it. But at the end of the day, you've got to eat for the rest of your life. You can't fail at that. You need to be able to get better at it and you need to know why it works and you need to understand the, the ins and outs of, you know, how your body is responding. And when it comes to training, they feel straight away the difference between being fueled for a session and not being fueled. And like I said before, nutrition has a bit of a lag in terms of feedback, probably won't notice the body composition differences for a little while but the feel during the session is almost immediate when they turn up and I've had strength athletes say this to me they're like I actually feel I've been struggling through sessions and I just thought that's how you're supposed to feel during a session I'm like the difference between a session being hard and it being feeling like you're dragging your ass through the session and it shouldn't feel like that unless you're like totally unfit there's sort of two levels of fatigue there's one being under fueled and there's one being unfit if we can get rid of the under fueled one we can fix the unfit a little bit faster nice Put. So for the people out there that aren't living a true athletic diet or a true athletic training system yet, you know, we're just about to jump onto gym.com and get a couple of pieces of equipment and, and start to change our lives. Let's just go through some of the knowledge that's required that you've written down here, some of the things we should know. What is a quality serve of protein? I think most people get this, they're quite confused. I think protein is only meat and that is a good quality source of protein, 100%. Kevin, it's not just steak. <laughs> Looking at dairy products, if it's tolerated by the person, mm-hmm. dairy is a really rich source of protein. And then there's looking at people look at nuts as a source of protein. And there is an amount of protein in nuts, absolutely. But it's not primarily a protein source. It's more of a a fat source. So when people are having these almond balls with a whole lot of coconut oil and nuts and dates, it's not actually a skerrick of protein in there. Oh, there might be four grams of protein, but there's 20 grams of carbs and 15 grams of fat. Making sure that people are clear on how to do that protein pulsing, giving them a list of saying, okay, if I eat 100 grams of lean white meat I'm going to get 20 grams of protein if I eat 80 grams of steak I'm going to get 20 grams of protein if I eat 150 grams of tofu I'm getting 20 grams of protein if they can actually start eyeballing that stuff and going looking at my plate and going oh hang on a second there is no protein on my plate and I trained very hard this morning pissing away that effort completely consistently if you're doing that and then knowing what quality sources of carbohydrates are so obviously not all carbohydrates are created equally some are more nutritious some have got more vitamins minerals fiber content and all that stuff top three your favorite top three top three mm. oats brown rice and cocoa pops no i'm joking um, <laughs> 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 i thought i was in and quinoa i would say are my personally from a flavor perspective yep. from a ease of use perspective they're my go-tos so if you're putting this together as a plate what does that look like so i'm looking at and we've we've gone through this in, a, in previous podcasts and it's a really easy template and this is not where you necessarily stop this is where you begin Mm -hmm. if you have zero nutrition knowledge you can look on your plate and see half a plate of vegetables fistful of protein fistful of carbs and like you know two thumbs worth of fat if you can do that consistently for a month then we can talk about like carbohydrate backloading or fasting or kevin's got very large (laughs) 
yeah, we need to look at the basics first. And, and if we can get a little bit consistency in your diet, then you can start tweaking. If something's not working for you, good, write that down. That's data. That's where we can start making changes. If you realize that on Wednesday afternoon at, you know, before your training session at Riley Street that you consistently can't get a snack in, I can tell you to go around the corner to a convenience store as soon as you get in, go get yourself an apple and a protein shake, down that before you come into training and then you're good. Because it's just taking away the hard stuff because you're not always going to get perfect, but we can get functional. And sometimes with nutrition, functional is going to get you a lot further than perfect. Yeah, nice. Let's talk about expectations, athletic eating. We know what we're doing. We've spoken with you guys last week about what's actually happening on the floor. I'm still recovering from that discussion. Let's talk about energy and clarity. What am I doing in, from a diet perspective? I mean, obviously what you talk, guys talked about was very mental as well as physical. How am I eating for energy and clarity? You're eating consistently. So it's about consistency. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's so boring. The idea of consistency in diet is the most boring concept ever. But again, it's a principle. It's making sure that you are eating similar things on a regular basis to fuel your body and maximize recovery. It should be boring because it's not until you get past that initial, you know, couple of months of training that you get to do the fun, tricky stuff. You know, consistent eating, making sure that if you don't have breakfast and you're training in the morning, that you are consistently eating breakfast around that training session that's the basic stuff people try and like oh well I, I read online that I can I'm actually blunting my response you know my adaptation response by consuming food after training it's like well who are you are you like a professional athlete who has spent 20 years fine-tuning their diet or are you Joe Blow who's just started at the gym and needs to get some basics down pat first before you can start getting tricky with your diet okay because there's always these people who are the outliers yep. and they've found something that's worked for them and they've done the due diligence they've they've tried a few different things they've been consistent and they've tweaked to the point where they've got this eating pattern that suits them which is fantastic but very few people who are starting out at the gym slash making changes to their diet are the one percenters they're you know they're the people who need to start just really simply because simple is what gets you 90 percent of the results i like that keep it simple okay along the lines more expert what can i expect from athletic eating recovery from training what am i doing obviously we're summarizing here coming to the end of where we're at so what am i doing making sure that there is a meal whether it's breakfast after a morning session whether it's dinner after an evening session that there is a meal that contains a quality you know 20 30 gram bolus of protein one gram per kilo of body weight carbohydrate give or take mm -hmm. you know that carbohydrate target might be a bit overwhelming for some people so starting a little bit lower and working your way up or just finding a, a happy medium there but making sure that you can see the components of the recovery in that plate so carbohydrate protein and obviously fats haven't been mentioned heavily here but obviously fats play a really important role hormonally and you know low fat diets aren't doing anything for anybody's hormone levels because you know fats are based off you know cholesterol which we get both exogenously and endogenously so in the body and outside the body so fats play a really big role but in terms of recovery less so so when i'm talking pre and post training fats tend to get dropped off the radar they are really important generally for good health when we're looking at the energy systems used in training 
sessions like at Riley Street, less important. And how important is digestion and gut function around athletic eating? When it comes to digestion and gut function, it is it is really important. And most of the time when people stop eating a lot more of the processed foods and they really concentrate on the quality of the food in their diet, like I said, it might be a number of different eating templates. Their digestion tends to become better. The quality of their food has improved. They've increased their fiber intake, which increases the, the quality of the healthy bacteria that's in their gut. They're eating less heavy foods that just don't sit really well and with food quality comes better digestion and just generally their gut is feeling a little bit better after that and you know when we've got a lot of crap in our diet we're potentially seeing you know poor digestion absorption issues and cleaning up your diet in terms of putting better quality foods in less processed foods more whole grains more color that will lead to the first step of not feeling full like overly full and heavy as a result of eating crappy foods so digestion and absorption um, of nutrients is super important but generally speaking it'll be a happy side effect of improving the quality of your diet as well so just wrapping up what are three things we should look at for a basic nutrition planning look i think making sure that we are planning our food across the week it doesn't have to be mean food prepping but it has to be an idea of what you're having for the week and having food in the fridge or at work or wherever it is that awareness yeah having awareness of what what is happening is the first bit understanding why you're making the change and why you're fueling because if i tell you you know eat this and i can't explain to you why you're doing it it doesn't mean anything to you so understanding the reasoning behind your changes in diet is really important so if i'm telling you to have carbohydrate it's because we want to replenish the glycogen muscle glycogen that you've just used giving your body the building blocks to recover from that session and we're also assisting you know immune function in that period after when we've put the body under a little bit of stress and then finally i suppose finding a nutrition template that suits you and not following what the person next to you is doing because that very rarely ends well and putting some time into figuring out what suits you and where you need to focus because like with training if you've got you know cracking 2k ergo but you can't deadlift if you're following your mate's ski you know your rowing program and you're not practicing deadlifts you're not going to get any better at that and it's the same thing with nutrition you might be really good at some areas of nutrition but you know you you fall short on making time to get the prep done or you might be eating the right foods but not enough you need to figure out where your holes are personally and be able to fill those in so they're three things that aren't about food specifically they're Mm -hmm. three things about behaviors associated with food and i think if people start with their behaviors associated with food first makes a food choices a lot easier because it you know there's less guesswork once you get to the actual eating bit. Preparation is really important. Kev, just with you for a sec, like athletic eating is obviously very much your days in the army and when you were in the special ops division, him performance or whatever you called it earlier. Sorry for my lack of respect there and how that sounded, but how, how important was athletic eating to the army? Well, I mean, early on, I think we were eating a molecule away from plastic, I'm sure. Rapper how- tasted better than the contents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was horrible. <laughs> but I mean, what we needed back then was just calories in the system or the understanding wasn't that, you know, it was more about just you consistently lose weight it'd be this zigzag sort of type of thing when we got to towards the end we understood that like there was these pillars of health you know physical pillar and that physical pillar we're looking at like nutrition being one of the biggest ones because if you can't fuel yourself correctly you can't move and operate and think correctly and sleep correctly that was it so you know we, we always a big mantra was that humans are more important than hardware so if you don't fuel yourself correctly and you don't take ownership of that fuel and it wasn't hard explaining to the guys like hey if you want to be better you've got to 
be like this and it was just a simple change because they saw not not a, they wasn't an emotional thing it was a logical thing like okay this will make me smarter I'll be able to make better decisions well okay it's a no-brainer they don't have to be sold on you know anything else other than logic driven eating behaviors so that was it so it's very easy and it, it's I think that's the biggest issue coming outside is that yeah you're trying to tell people fact and they don't want to hear it because they're emotionally attached to something that's not real yeah. you are know, trying to break a behavior that has no logic behind it like you ask someone why you're doing that and then they get uh, defensive and upset when you prove or, or they can't explain it to you constantly interesting but if you understand the why like harry was saying and you can explain it not only to yourself but to other people then you know why you're doing something like with training like with anything else but if you don't know why you're doing something and if then when you find out it's not right then you know you, you've got to go change up what you're doing it makes sense just before we finish this all up obviously a lot of athletic eating and watching you guys on insta there is a lot of cheat meals cheat days is that the, the right term here where i see the pancakes foods, social foods yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's a part of being having a healthy approach to food is that there are delicious foods out yeah. there and if there is a way that you are eating that doesn't allow for that if it's that rigid that you feel horrible after eating anything that's not deemed clean or wholesome or whatever we have a problem because a there's a lot of that food out there and it's bloody delicious and if you tell me i can't have it i'm going to turn around i'll probably be you know overeating binging on it the next day yeah um, that's in the issue though when someone eats something bad once they believe that if it's they eat it on a thursday they might as well just restart everything else on a monday yeah. uh effort yeah why not but it needs to be mentally you need to be able to handle eating foods that are yeah. delicious mm. like i really struggle to explain it to people that they might see me i've had clients out seeing me in public eating an ice cream like oh well you eat ice cream like yeah hell yeah i do do you see me eating it every day no you don't do you see me crying afterwards no you don't because i can handle it it's not a big deal and if if i can get over that speed hump really quickly and get back into my normal diet the next day it's not an issue it's a no-brainer like i've enjoyed the moment and now i'm moving on with my life and if food becomes like three days worth of guilt like we need to get some cooler things to be worried about i think yeah nice well guys thanks for coming on board that's a very interesting little chat on athletic eating any last words kev chris no i always learn something every time i listen to harriet and that's why we, we've got her because i could sit here and listen to this I'll stuff all day slip your 50 later yeah <laughs> speaking of slipping a 50 do you want to drop your website on the end of this harriet yeah fantastic harrietwalker.com.au is my website and harrietwalker underscore athletic eating for instagram to get all do my... people actually type that many characters <laughs> we'll screenshot that's it, a long sure. one that's yeah. a long one you can just tag me <laughs> we, we follow her so if you just like jump into hours she's attached there somewhere it's very yeah. easy to follow guys if you want to see why you should be athletic eating jump on our insta at body science every monday morning at nine o'clock and every Saturday at nine o'clock we put up the guys training sessions and it's incredible it's inspirational and thanks for coming on board it was really good thanks for having us cheers get on 98gym.com too guys if you want the best programming around today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in fit happy and healthy ASN nutrition warehouse DY discount vitamins fat burners only Evelyn Fay Mr. Supplement or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers